Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Welcome to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On today's show, C.J. Foster trains people to run marathons. Could Paula ever run 26 miles in a row? Coach Foster will have the one-word answer. And remember, maybe is just one word. And it's time for the midterm elections. Professor of Public Policy Dr. Nicholas Duquette tells us how to cast an educated vote. One hint, if a candidate is trying to scare you, you should be scared of that candidate. I'm Adam Felber, the man who fills in his bubble completely. And now, please welcome the woman who always writes her own name in, Paula Poundstone. Welcome, Paula, and thank you to tonight's house band, the amazing double bass player, Jory Herman, from the Los Angeles Philharmonic. Whoa. Whoa. That music was so beautiful, I'm not dressed well enough. No, no, no. <laughs> and I should not have gotten undressed while hearing it. Paula, <laughs> you just appeared on another podcast. You, uh, you, you're two-timing us. You appeared on Jimmy Pardo's Never Not Funny. Yeah. Um, you were supposed to uh, give a one-hour interview. Um, That's what I saw. On my sheet, it said a one-hour interview. And how long did you talk for? Well, it started at 11.45, and when I got to my car, I looked at the clock, and it was 1.45, so I believe. So you talked for two hours close straight. Close to two hours, and I remember the look on the faces of the people in the studio. Horror. Just yeah. horror. Jimmy Pardo, at a couple of points, just went, shut up. Did he really? Yeah, he did, did he really just say, yeah, shut up? Yeah. I, I like yeah. Jimmy. I've met Jimmy a couple of times. And yeah, also he was now, he was I, fun. now I sympathize with him in, in a very real way. Yeah. Um, they really, yeah. It yeah, was. Because, uh, because like, well, you know I, I am no like, stranger to knowing, to struggling to contain you. I, you know, I got started. They do this weird thing where they have you sit in one chair sort of before, like you're, you're there, but you're not really at the table yet. Like you graduate to the table. I have no idea why they do it that way. But, uh. Did you start talking before you graduated? I started talking before I graduated. So you weren't even on mic. You were just No, yelling. I had a, no, I had a mic. They had, okay. they, yeah, no, I did have a mic, but I, I, I started there. I think that's the part they weren't really counting on. Right. And uh, by the time well, I'm I guess the whole two hours is something they weren't counting on. No, I think it took them by surprise. Jimmy, if you're out there, I'm sorry. I feel for you. I, it was, I'm, it I'm, was I suspect rough. this will not be known as the Poundstone episode so much as the Poundstone incident. Well, you know, they said it was an ordeal. I think it was an ordeal. ordeal. They, they actually, at the end, he said, you can come back anytime. And so I stood wow. outside the door for a little while, and then I knocked. <laughs> and he said, no, I meant that figuratively, like, you know, not not literally any any time. So I don't... I, I think he probably, what he meant by any time was never. That's what I think he meant. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think he meant by no, That podcast has been running for like 13 years. 
years. Yeah. They're a well-oiled machine until yeah. you and threw And I covered the one year of that for them. <laughs> you helped um, them get through year 14. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, though, you know, when I pulled up, you know, I was in Sherman Oaks, uh, yeah. California. You know, not a fancy neighborhood by any means. And a very nondescript, uh, not a fancy-looking building until sure. you went inside. Uh-huh. And then they, it was a fancy studio. Right. And not one, not one discarded mattress Anywhere nearby. Oh, you're talking, of course, about the fact that there are usually discarded mattresses here on Miranda Street outside luxurious and spacious Ray Horstman Studios. Yeah, yeah. I felt yeah. a little jealous, to be honest with you. They had a lot of decorations. They had a lot of things up on the wall that said Jimmy Pardo on them. Right, but he's been doing this for... If, if we go for 13 years, I'm sure we'll get like your name on the wall somewhere. If we go for 13 years, you'll be a wreck. Yeah, I will you, be. I will be. You couldn't possibly go. I, 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 it was no, fun. I'm, I'm, I'm just finding my stride now. Oh, I oh, want to say true? about, you know, we often put down Miranda Street and the stuff on it. Tonight, I want to say it has really cleaned up its act. Our, um, oh, is that true? Yeah. Our, uh, I didn't know our, our uh, muscle out there, Knuckles Glickman, was, was pointed out to me that there are no mattresses out there tonight. There are no toilets. There's only one mini fridge. That's because I came early. You straightened I, up? I dragged a lot of the stuff. <laughs> oh, that was really nice of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm making a little house on another block. Oh, well, you'll have ample materials by what is supplied here. Yeah, I now, can't wait. we sometimes like to kick off the show with a little entry from the Poundstone Almanac, a little bit of advice for you, and I understand that you have, I have some, some excellent, advice this week. I have some excellent advice from you, this yes. week, which is if you're buying trash bags right. and you don't see on the picture on the box a recognizable difference between the top of the bag and the bottom of the bag, then don't buy them. Okay. Uh, this is gonna. People are gonna thank me for this. This is gonna save you so much time. So I can't tell you how you many can't, hours. You can't get your bags open. Is what you're saying? I've spent hours and hours of my life trying to uh, smush the two parts of the bag together. I, I'm sure our listeners are appreciating your mime work. I'm doing right a now. hand gesture yeah. right now. You uh-huh. could describe the hand gesture. That yeah. might help. She's doing one of those. I'm trying to open a bag gestures. That's exactly fingers. right. Yeah. I've spent hours and hours. Not even sure. Like if I do just you know just bare knuckle <laughs> it and pull them apart. Part, I may be breaking the bottom of the back. You There's no discernible characteristic uh, that you can see with see, the naked eye. I've never eye. had that problem with garbage bags. I've had that problem in the supermarket with the little tiny, thin, uh, like vegetable bags. Well, precisely. Right. Yeah. But garbage bags always seems to seems to me to be no. Pretty, they're pretty not clear. though. They're well, not. I'm not talking about the big kind, although I could see where you could have. I'm talking about a trash bag, the tall trash bag size. Uh, but I oh, could see okay. where a garbage bag could have that problem, too. I'm just not sure that you've done as much discarding of waste as I have. Um, that is that is entirely likely because you have 14 cats. I have 14 cats. And yeah. so the amount of time I have saved myself by buying a tall trash bag that has a discernible characteristic that allows me to know what... What is the top? What is the opening of the bag? I'm going to say maybe if you buy the cinch sacks, you'll have much better luck because then you can always see because the, the, usually the, the cinching cord is like a different color than the rest of the bag. Yeah, you could do I that. I can't you could imagine buy the that cinch. this is interesting to anybody, though. No, but it's what helpful. What we're talking about. It's helpful. It is I'm helpful. Not telling you, we're not tell- you didn't say, do you have some interesting advice? Well, that's I'm giving a- helpful advice. Yeah, although arguably you want to be interesting on a podcast. Can we- no, but yeah. this is, it's, I, I'm telling you, just you wait. Uh-huh. You can write to us at where? 
nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Right. Terrific. Do that. And please let us know the kind of time savings that you have found and what you're doing with that extra time um, with this advice advice? that I've given you. Okay. I'm really looking forward to all the the rolling in. Yeah. We may have to get like, we may have to get more help for the social networking. Yeah. All right. uh, Um, Because there's going to be so many emails uh, coming in. We sure are. Yeah. yeah, ding, ding, all night long, ding, ding. ding. Another, yeah, yeah, our, our yeah. producer Bonnie Burns will be tortured by the dinging of emails as people talk yeah. about the immense improvement in the quality of their lives now that they're buying bags because with they've been tops. right because they're able to do other things, spend time with a family, for example. You know, you. I could, think this might break up a couple of marriages as people have to actually <laughs> look at each other instead of opening bags. Yeah, no, people want to spend time with their family. Why have you been avoiding your family? By, by, by going like, oh, by I'll, saying, I'll read you. I would read you a goodnight story, but I got to open yeah, these damn garbage not, bags. Not done with this bag yet. Be right with you. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, my gosh. Now, now my now my excuse is gone. Yeah, the kids cry themselves to, to sleep. Daddy yeah. couldn't find the top of the bag again. <laughs> okay, now it's time for our first guest. Uh, Paula, you do exercise, don't you? Oh, I do. I work you out. Do. Yeah. Yep, yep. I have. Uh, I I do. Uh, I do Taekwondo. Actually, Adam. You do. I do. Oh, I, I knew that. Yeah, I do Taekwondo. And I, by the way, I I recently uh, uh, acquired a Paisley belt. A what? I reached the level of Paisley belt. I'm sorry. I was, t- I was taking a sip of water and I, I I almost spit it out, but I wanted to be polite to our guest. Yeah. Um, what do you mean a Paisley belt? Paisley belt. It's part of the. It's not. Know, well, the guy told me it was. <laughs> That's you're, yeah. You've got I got a paisley belt. Wonder. Yeah, yeah. It's for uh, yeah. What did what did you achieve to get the paisley belt? Um, I can sashay around the room. Uh huh. <sighs> That's one of the things. Yeah, the, and two I, words. Really, I have a firm handshake. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These are words that I tend not to associate with taekwondo. The yeah. Say oh, you're Korean thinking martial of, art, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a martial art. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a mixed martial art. What do you mean mixed? It's mixed with. Uh, you know, with sacheting and handshakes. Yeah, apparently. it's mixed with. <laughs> yeah, it's I mixed, feel like it's, you're either doing it wrong or you have a really bad teacher. No, I'm telling you, it was a tearful ceremony when I received my paisley belt. Who was crying? Uh, I was weeping. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I can. Uh, yeah, well, I can do a lot. Congratulations so anyway, on your pace. Thank you. Let's I do want to other forms of exercise. Do you let's run? Let's do it. I, I, I can barely run. I can't right. even make it a block, actually. Right. Would you like to run? I would like to run. Okay. Well, I want to be a... like the others. Would you like to run like maybe a marathon? That's Chariots of Fire. What yeah. Do the others. Chariots of Fire. It's a running song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. What's that? My yes, gosh, sir. Jimmy Pardo didn't have that blank a look on his face when I talked to him. <laughs> My God, I thought you were here. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm here. I'm always here. Da, um, da, da, I get da, it. Yes, da, the, yeah, the, the, the beloved Vangelis theme of from Chariots of Fire. Yes. Um, okay. So the LA Marathon is Sunday, March 24th. It's coming up um, in about five or six months. You have five months to get ready to run. Could you do it? Here to help us figure out is C.J. Foster, marathon coach for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's team in training. He's run 19 marathons since 2005. Please welcome C.J. Foster. Yeah, and thank you, house band Jory Herman. C.J., could Paula run the L.A. Marathon? I believe she could. Really? Yeah. He's, yeah. By the way, listeners, he was looking right at me when he said it. Right. 
Which, as we know from uh, Dr. Jonathan Bowman, means he was lying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Two episodes Well, he wasn't ago. making eye contact necessarily, but he was looking right at yeah. it. He was looking at my upper body, what he said. He doesn't really see my lower body, which right. I think is important what in le- running. What leads you to think she could do it? Uh, I think, first and foremost, you have to believe. I think oh. as long as you put your mind to it and believe that you could do it, I think you could do it. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. And then there's other stuff like, like for me, when I did my first marathon, it was all about being a part of a group and being part of a team. Oh, and wow. how I got started, because I never ran marathons before, uh-huh. and I just got a flyer in the mail and it said, come run a marathon and raise money for cancer research. Okay. And I just knew I wanted to do something. Previously, before that flyer came to you in the mail, how far had you run maximum in your life? Maybe max 10 miles. Okay, so that makes you already 10 miles ahead of Paula. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm running zero. Okay. Zero. And you have run zero. Yeah, I'm running millimeters. There's plenty of people on our team that have never run marathons, that haven't done as much as 10 miles before. So this was an organization that's helping raise money, and they trained people to run in order to do that. Is that right? Yeah. Got you. Okay. And it all started with this one gentleman whose daughter was diagnosed with leukemia, Uh and he felt helpless, like he wanted to help, but didn't know what he could do. And him and a bunch of his friends from work decided to join it to like join or start a group yeah. to run the New York City Marathon. Wow. And they bet all their coworkers that they could finish. Uh-huh. And they ended up raising about two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. Wow. In the process. Wow. Their coworkers must have had limited faith in them. I guess. My gosh. Yeah. And also all maybe maybe a gambling problem. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine all those people thought that they had a sure thing. They're yeah, like, oh, right. no, no yeah. way Fatso's making it to the end. And yeah, then, right. lo and behold. And they probably weren't even hoping for them to come over the finish line. It was no. probably like a running version of Wacky Racers where they did stuff like put tax down so that they wouldn't make it over the finish line. Probably something like that. co-workers. Yeah, I know I the person that, that donated the most got to choose his outfit. And one of them chose like purple tights. He had to run the entire marathon in purple tights. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress. And yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress. And I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally. And everybody just piles on it. And it it's comfy. And yet, when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort 
and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. <laughs> and your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your sleepy time pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know... Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and so comfortable that honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I, I think my eyes closed. They're so, it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Adam, you know, I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a, a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it, but his name is Theo and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's, it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression, um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay. So earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber filled vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling <laughs> because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. <laughs> What's not to love? That's what I say. <laughs> what is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family, you know that already, and you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. Sure they allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCA 
PetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's A-S-P-C-A. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Okay. Oh. And hence now Leukemia and Lymphoma Society team and training programs. Color is purple. Uh-huh. Do you wear tights? Uh, I have. Have you worn the purple tights? I have. In a marathon? Yes. Which one? Uh, San Diego. All right. Doesn't it make your legs sweatier? Uh, probably a, a little wick, bit. It's probably, yeah. Wicking, yeah. It's, it's probably wicking action on that fabric down uh, your tights, right? But at least like, wick, the fabric yeah. moving against itself is better than the skin moving against itself. Oh, oh okay. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. 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 Well, especially with my skin moving against itself. <laughs> yeah. I have some yeah. sizable so, so, thighs. Paula, do you think you could do a... You have perfect, perfectly nice thighs. I mean, they're... <laughs> That's really? the sound of my That's thighs moving That's against one another. kind of the sound you know of Doritos what? being crunched. There's, there's lubrication for the stuff like that. Is there? There's yeah. lubrication for thigh? For, for running. Rubbing? Yes. Yeah. Really? Because I, I, I shop sometimes at Top to Top uh, Sneaker Store, you know, the running shoe store. Not, right. not because I'm going to run, but because Yes, you are. You're going to run a No, because it's a sneaker store near my house. That's why I go there, and I right. don't want to walk that yes. far to another store. But they've, when I've gone there, they've never said to me, let, let, us, let me show you your, our lubricant. I don't think they suspect you of running. Yeah. No, probably not. Yeah, I think it's... Last time I went on my electric scooter to get there. Yeah, like, that, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a dead giveaway. That yeah. you maybe I don't think that's something they want to bring up right away. Oh, they right. don't bring up yeah. the... Yeah. yeah. They don't yeah. even... Because oh, honestly, lube. I've never heard... <laughs> I've never heard it's called, about... It's called Body Glide. Oh, it's called Body, body Glide. Yeah. No, they that didn't. That doesn't make it sound less sexual than calling it lube. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still sounds like the kind of thing you'd find at the pleasure chest. Okay. Yeah. 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 The one guy said to me, here's some... <laughs> i like, that sounds sexual. <laughs> Who said that to you? One of the guys at the store. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So, it was, uh, it was, are you sure I, it was a running store? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not, <laughs> you, you were in a store where they were panting at you and tossing yeah. lube. Yeah. So. He said, "Here's this." Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I misinterpreted. It, you really um, could have. What was the name of the store again? No, it's Top to Top, right? That oh, running yeah. shoe store. Yeah, the S and M store. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Given that right now I can't even imagine running for a whole block, how would I go about? Uh, training for a marathon? Well, first and for, foremost, I'd say that most people that start training for a marathon tend to overtrain in the beginning. Oh, that's to, not going to happen here. They do too, too much running. You mean they push themselves too hard? Correct. And they really? hit a wall. I yeah. think I have the edge on all the other runners now. Yeah. Well, because Paul is not going to overtrain. Yeah, no, they think, not going to overtrain at all. They think they need to run 10 miles a day every day until they get to the marathon, where when we start our training the first day, let's say Monday, we go 20 minutes of running on Monday, 30 minutes of running on Tuesday, you rest on Wednesday, 30 minutes on Thursday, and then Saturday would be your long run, and in the beginning, your long run would be three miles. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, 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 that's starting with baby steps. Which is, yeah, that's not, not baby long, steps. Three miles isn't starting with baby steps. It's well, doable. Three, three miles at the end of your, and you can, you can walk some of it, Paula. Oh, can I? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. As you, as you work your way up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the so, goal is yeah. to be running the whole time when, once you get to the actual day of. The goal is to finish. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I bet Paula could finish. Yeah. Do you, do you think you could finish a marathon? Or 
No. I mean, I could walk for 26 miles. I'm not sure I could run for 26 miles. So one more thing that we do as a team is we do what's called interval running. Interval running. Yeah. So like, especially in a beginner, we would have them do, you run for two minutes, you walk for a minute. Uh Run for two minutes, walk for a minute. And what that's doing is it's regulating your heart rate. You want your heart rate at a certain level so that you're burning fat as opposed to sugar. Oh. Oh. So you guys ever hear of something called the wall? Yeah. So yeah, hit the wall. Yeah, it's because their wall. blood sugar level is too low. Oh, okay. So you well, Paula's blood sugar level is never too low because she yeah. she loads up on these double stuffed Oreos. <laughs> yeah, and you can bring them on the run with you. Oh, okay. that's right. Yeah. You, you know, I, in it is my, licensed in my, to eat anything you want. In my run. fanny pack. Oh, I love it so far. In my <laughs> fanny pack, I'll just have double stuffed Oreos. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that, oh, okay. So I love this idea of run for two minutes and walk, walk for, for one minute. One minute. Is yeah. there any way of reversing that? Yeah, it's all about what works for you. Oh, hey, you're boy. already bargaining him down to less running, <laughs> and, and this is just the idea of running that you're bargaining. I just want to be—I want to make the parameters clear. Okay. All right, so this 20 minutes and 30 minutes that you're talking about includes this run for two minutes, walk for one minute. Is that correct? correct? Okay. Yeah. So you said then Wednesday's the rest day, and then the big run was the three miles on, on Saturday. The, on the Saturday. Saturday. And you're busy that day, I'm guessing. I am busy that day, but. Uh, <laughs> Can you do it Sunday instead? Yeah, yes. I'm out Sunday like, works. In, in 2027. Yeah, I'm out yeah. of, yeah, exactly. Okay, now what about, I want to go back to the schedule in a second, but also, like, right now in my life, the balls of my feet really hurt when I run, or even walk sometimes. Is there a particular way you're supposed to be landing on your feet? Yeah, you're actually, the best way I could describe it is, you know, like the doggy paddle, where yeah. you kind of, yeah. you dog like that. Yeah. If you do that with your feet. Where when you land, you're uh-huh. on the balls of your feet uh-huh. and just lightly pushing off. Uh-huh. And another so it's thing, not a long stride. No. So a lot of people that tend to have knee problems, because uh-huh. I'm not the smallest guy, and a lot of people are like, well, what about your knees? You're doing all these marathons. It's a lot about form and shoes, which you brought up earlier. Yeah. When you land, your foot has to be directly below you. Uh, oh. No, I wouldn't have thought that I because thought of that this long stridey thing. Yeah. Right. Um, your foot has to be directly below you when you land. Yeah, so then all your weight is is centered. Yeah. Whereas if your leg is a little bit forward, now all that pressure is going to go on your knees. Oh. Right. So people that land on their heels, now all that pressure is on their knees, where if you're directly above where your feet lands and you do this kind of short, quick steps uh-huh. on the balls of your feet, uh-huh. you're not going to feel all that pressure. Right. That wouldn't work for me. Why? Because my knees are not over my feet anyway. I've got this extreme pronation happening. Uh, what do you mean your my, knees aren't over your feet? I've got uh, I've got these, these messed up feet, and so my knees my knees. Adam has the biggest feet you've ever seen in your life. Adam has do you Fred Flintstone feet. I uh, in prone. Okay, so yeah, because I have completely flat feet, and so I've got you know I've, I've looked into it. I've gone to many doctors. There's shoes. Yes, I'm, I'm wearing running. custom orthotics right now. Okay. Right. Wait a Still minute. Still not going to make me. How come? So run. you, CJ, just said to Adam, are you in prone or out prone? And both of you seem to know what that meant. So you tend to. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, is, this, is this cocktail party conversation? <laughs> it's it's running conversation, I it really, guess. In prone or out prone? What does that mean? This is why I cycle and not run, is basically what It I'm has thinking. to do with when you land your feet. Uh-huh. And you kind of like, t- you end up rolling in with your foot uh-huh. or you roll out. Oh. So if you're improning and there's nothing to help support that inner part of your foot, yeah. you're now putting all that added stress on your ankles uh-huh. and your knees. All right. So you've got two beautiful medals right here. One for the Los Angeles Marathon, but I'm interested in this one here for the one in China. You ran a marathon on the wow. Great Wall of China. Yes. How was that? 
That was amazing. Uh, I heard about the experience years ago from a friend that he had done it, and I just knew in the back of my head it was something bucket list that I'd always would want to do. Right. Wow. Yeah. And and you, I I think you said that not the whole marathon was on the wall, but you started and ended with a yeah, couple so of miles of wall. Probably a total of like five to six miles on the wall. You start and then well, you- actually on top of the wall? Yeah. On the Great Wall of China. Wow. And you're not worried about wrecking it? I guess not. I mean, it's been there. Wrecking it? It's already been there yeah, so many years. Yeah, wrecking the wall. How would you wreck the wall running? I don't know. It's been there a long time. People running all over it. That, that's what it was built for. It's a wall. Walls are not built, built to run on. That one is. No, it isn't. It's a big... Back me up here. So yeah, it's, it's, no. it's a big wall. I think it's going to... No, it's not made for running on. You make a wall to, to stop people from... Like... It was built to support people in armor. And he's right, wearing so purple you, tights. I so think it's you fine. Th- yeah. So you think that Trump wants to build a wall for marathons? You think that's like we get? No, like, no, I don't think that, that there'll be any civic good that comes out of Trump's wall. <laughs> but I, I, I think, I think you know when you were when the Chinese were building the wall to repel what I guess the the Mongol hordes and whatnot, right? Yeah. Uh, was it the Mongol hordes? It was. Yeah. And how did they do with that? Did it work? Well, they won the World Series three years in a row. Who did? The Beijing uh, Lions. Over the Mongol hordes. Over the Mongol hordes. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was like a wall to keep people out or something. Yes, the Mongol horde. But you can run on top of it? Yes, because you could stand in armor on top of the wall. I, I don't know why this is hard. You've seen pictures of the Great Wall of China, have you not? I don't think so. Really? No. The way you're making it sound, it sounds low down. Was it a low le- wall? Where, like what a... good would a low wall be? <laughs> What Mongol horde is going to be repelled by a low wall? Yeah, when the Mongol up front, right, the lead Mongol right. sees the wall, he goes, "Go back, go back." There's yeah, a wall. We'd have to, we'd have to jump. <laughs> well, they're going to make us run on the wall. Go back, go back. Wow. Well, no, yeah, this is, this I'm is... not really a historian, no. CJ. No. <laughs> a lot of my history. Um, right, let's change always... the subject to something I'm... that you know something about, then, because clearly. Uh, the Ooh, Great Wall of China and running are not yeah. two of those things. Maybe we should have the listeners send in uh, topics that I might know something about. You might want to do uh, that or yeah. put that in your theme song. Let's talk about um, your favorite athlete in history who ran the Boston Marathon famously, Rosie Ruiz. You know Rosie Ruiz, don't you, CJ? I think everybody CJ? knows the story yeah, about yeah. Rosie Ruiz. She's my favorite athlete. Uh, <laughs> she's the woman who was running the Boston Marathon and took the bus partway. The subway, I think. I just think, oh, was it? I thought it was a bus. It was, but it was just such a no harm, no Foul crime. That's why I loved it. And I think what happened was <laughs> there was no, some harm. No crime. So she, she won the marathon and then we had to then was stripped of her title. Yeah, so what? It didn't harm anybody, it didn't hurt anybody, it didn't rob anybody. So I think she had like the laurel wreath uh, on her head. Yeah. And a couple of the women that came in after her, uh, you know, like the rightful owner of laurel the wreath, laurel sure. wreath, you know, you kind of turns to another woman and goes like I don't remember her passing us. Do you remember her passing us? And that's when they figured out that she had taken the bus. I just love that crime. I just think that's a great sports story. Yeah, it's a great sports story, but it's it's really just somebody cheating. Do you, ha- do you want to weigh in on Rosie Ruiz? I just think that she must have been clueless to how long a marathon really takes. Well, she didn't come in the first few minutes. <laughs> I know. But no, she, ran, she ran for a while, and I, I guess she saw the tea station and ran down into it. I think she took the tea. 
I think she was riding yeah. the MTA. She, well, I think she, she was have. Rosie on the MTA. She, she, she might have, but I, I don't and think she, she came. And then she just goes along and plays along with it. It's... Yeah. yeah she, she, came, she came out, ran, ran to the front. And, all right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Rosie, I, awesome. I don't know. If I love her. If there, you still yeah. have a fan in Paula Poundstone. So, so right. If anybody I, knows I Rosie Ruiz. So, I'm, so does the LA Marathon go by any areas where there might be a train or a bus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to alter. Especially the whole like uh, Hollywood Boulevard part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bus that goes right oh, to Hollywood Oh, nice. Boulevard. Yeah, all the way into Santa Monica. Wow, that oh, is fantastic. Take, take the red line well, the blue then line, let me just say, CJ, I might be able to run a marathon. <laughs> okay, one more thing before we wrap this up. CJ, have you read Peter Sagal's new book? I have not. Well, Paula and I both love Peter Sagal because he is the host of uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And he just wrote a book that we are plugging at this moment. It's called The Incomplete Book of Running. And much like you, Peter had never been you know, much of a runner before. He saw a race go by his house and, and when he was 43 years old. And he decided, I'm exactly the short, bald Jew who's going to start running marathons. And you know, to this date, he's now run 14 of them. And he's logged tens of thousands of miles and has just written The Incomplete Book of Running. Does that interest you, CJ? Yeah, I'll probably actually pick it up. Yeah, it's uh, there you yeah, go. Excellent. Yeah. Peter, we sold one for you. And he's funny. <laughs> and he's funny. He has that he's go. He's very, you know very what, funny. Though? Actually, that reminds me of something, um, which is when I do work out, and I do, I do these grueling workouts with this Taekwondo guy in Santa Monica. And some of the Who things are like. He's a Taekwondo guy. Let's he's be a Taekwondo sachet the guy. Ta- Taekwondo slash sachet. It'll be like do uh, push ups for two minutes, right? right? As many push ups you can do for two minutes. Well, Jesus. I wish I could promise you this was going somewhere, CJ. <laughs> no, after 15 seconds, I'm ready to kill myself. And what I always, I always think about it in like fractions in my head. Now, I don't, I'm not looking at a clock. Um, but I, 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 when That's I, when, for sure. If he'll say, <laughs> I am though. If he'll, <laughs> my job. If he says like, okay, one minute's up, all I can think is, oh my God, that means I'm only halfway there and I'm already dying after one minute. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, what are you supposed to be thinking while you're running? How can you help Paula with running? the mental game? Well, I think that's why I go back to having a team. Yeah. Because with the team, you have a pace group. There's usually like four or five people, same pace as you. Uh-huh. And in the process of four or five months of training, you get to know these people better than your friends and family. Uh-huh. And that, a lot of times through the marathon, they're the people that get you through. Plus, if they don't make it, you between can conversation. Are you, and, you can have conversation while you're running. Yeah. So yeah. to go back to the whole um, interval running. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that we do is called conversational pace, uh, conversational running. You oh run, boy, this sounds right up my right? alley. Right. You want to run at a pace. You want to run at a pace right. where you can have a conversation. Right. Because to burn fat, you need oxygen, and if you're running too fast that so you can't speak. Then you're not burning fat, you're burning oh, sugar. Oh, I see. So it all goes back to the science. Fantastic. Wow, I love that. Now, is it considered rude to be the only person talking for like 10 miles? Uh, they could run faster. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The so others can clear the, run up ahead of me. Or slow so, down. I've I'll, done I'll it do before. A, um, so mostly I'll be running going, hey, you guys. Yeah. Hey, you guys. I'm not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you got your first week. You've done it. You've done the 30 minutes on Saturday. So you're done now. Ready to run a marathon. No. So you, you do the three miles the first Saturday. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then let's say the next Saturday you push it to four. Okay. The week after, five. Right. The week after that, you come back to three. Okay. Oh, to kind of get your week. legs. Oh, I see. That week. That week. Kind of give a yourself nice a break. Break for Paula. Then the next week, you move to six, seven, and so on and so on. Yeah. The way you say it, it sounds so doable. Do it. Uh, yeah. I bet we could get people to sponsor you too. 
Oh, please. You wouldn't even have to wear the pink, the purple tights. I would wear I'll the purple wear them tights. For you. I would. I would wear the purple tights. Oh, they're awesome. So, are you a trainer now for people in that group? Yeah. So, I've been with the organization since 2005, and I just did my first season last year as the coach for team and training to do the LA Marathon. And we're revving up. Our first practice for this upcoming year is going to be November 3rd. Paula huh. will be there. Okay. Uh, practice is at the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl, Paula. We start at, at the Rose Bowl. At 8 a.m. Jesus, the parking will stress me out. The driving, the getting 8 a.m. will be fine. 8 a.m. on a Saturday, you can, you'll be fine. Yeah. 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 Yeah, CJ. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, count on me. All right, well, thank you, C.J. Foster, for getting us to the starting line. Paula, what advice can you now give listeners who are thinking about running a marathon? Jory, if you could give me a little uh, double base background for my marathon running advice. Thank you. Oh, perfect. If you're thinking of running a marathon, first of all, you have to believe that you can, which for me means I have to hit my head on a rock and lose all reason. You can do it, though. You start with 20 minutes on Mondays, 30 minutes on Tuesdays, rest on Wednesday, a.k.a. the best goddamn day of the week, and on Saturday you run three miles, and then you build from there. It sounds like a lot, but you don't have to run the whole time. You can run for a minute and take the bus for an hour. You also train with a thing called conversational running, and the conversation is so fascinating. Are you in-prone or out-prone? <laughs> C.J. Foster is a runner and a marathon coach for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Team in Training. You can visit teamintraining.org for more information on how to get involved. Thank you so much for being on our show, C.J. The Cat of the Week is Pidge from Frederick, Maryland. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is sponsored or supported in part by Audible. Introducing Audible Originals, a new member benefit. Audible members now get two Audible Originals and one audiobook every single darn month. That is nice. Yeah, yeah. Audible Originals are exclusive audio titles by celebrated storytellers from worlds as diverse as theater, journalism, literature, and more. Boy, that, that'll give you something to talk about during your conversational run. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. Fill your fall with more stories, like, for instance, the totally unscientific study of the search for human happiness by Paula Poundstone. Didn't that get some uh, pretty good reviews there? Yeah, I mean, good. I mean, I don't want to toot your horn when I could be tooting my own, but the totally unscientific study of the search for human happiness by Paula Poundstone is also one of eight Books in the countries in the semifinals for the Thurber Prize for American Humor. Dude. Yeah, it's the, it's the highest recognition of art. For American humor, humor. American Humor. Yeah, American Humor. Which and includes Guam, I suppose, and yeah, the Virgin and, Islands. And, and the Virgin some, Islands, there, Puerto Rico. There's some strong humor coming out of there this year, but you managed to get past them. Yeah, I'm just yeah, going to throw that in. It's a high honor. Um, a, a book not yet nominated for Thurber Award is A True Lady by beloved romance novelist Edith Layton. The book is read by talented actress. You might know her from... Uh, uh, Mad Men, Jeannie Simpson. Little side note, Edith Layton is my mom, and Jeannie Simpson is my wife. Yeah. This, this what is that word? Uh, nepotism. Yeah. That's the word that comes <laughs> <Right>. to mind. <laughs> okay. Well, get your first audiobook free and choose two titles from a curated list of Audible originals with a 30-day trial. Visit audible.com slash Paula or text Paula to 500 
500-500. Another way to think of it is text Paula to 500-500. Thank you, House Man Jory Herman. <laughs> Paula, the uh, midterm elections are coming up, right? And uh, oh my gosh, I are they? You have a little story about the last time you voted. Uh, the last time I voted, I screwed. This has never. I've been going to the same polling place for years. I'm always like, "Hey, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. How you doing?" I go into little, you know, rickety table with the thing. I begin poking the things. I don't know what happened. Somehow, either I didn't have it. Somehow, I noticed that I was putting the wrong. I had to ask for another ballot. Okay, you, you screwed was, up your ballot. I screwed up my ballot. Yeah, you could have just said, I screwed up my ballot. But I screwed said up we my got that ballot. extremely no, I want, inexact description. No, I wanted a, a colorful yeah. description. So, uh, so I, I had to get, they gave me another ballot. I said, okay. oh my gosh, I made a mistake. Gave me another ballot. Right. I screwed it up again. How? I forget. I've, I've, I don't have a colorful description for the second screw up. Nor the first. Uh, I only remember the first. I, I don't know. But then when I screwed up the second time uh-huh. and the lady handed me the third Ballot, right? And and by the way, this was not voter fraud. It was a mistake. Um, right. Uh, the lady said to me, "She goes, um, this is the last one we can give you." Oh. And the pressure that I felt. I mean, I've never screwed up my ballot before, to the best of my and knowledge. And then you had done it twice. But I've done I'd done it. And twice. you were down to your last one. I, I'd oh imagine that God. that might be some kind of actual legal statute, like like you you get three times and then you're out. Three yeah. strikes and you're out, and then it's yeah. probably a provisional ballot. It next. was like it was like it was like carrying a a, a very full glass of hydrochloric acid across the floor. Okay, so you really were careful that time. I was so nervous. I just so you could have made. Mistakes. I just voted this straight is how we got Republican Trump, ticket. Right? Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! Republican. Oh. oh my god! I did screw it. Is it too late then yes. to ask for my ballot back? Oh, That's yeah. my question. Well, we're going to get to that because we're going to find out just how to be smart about voting, both in the voting booth and before you get there. Doctor Nicholas Duquette is a professor at USC's Price School of Public Policy. Please welcome Doctor Nicholas Duquette. <laughs> Doctor Nick, welcome. Can I call you Doctor Nick? Uh, uh, sure. No, I, I don't. I don't have to. It's like an Elvis Presley thing. I, I, I have a conversation with uh, my students all the time because they they vacillate between calling me professor and yo buddy, and and so we have to negotiate that space in between. But Doctor Nick is new, and that I, might be. I believe what we that was Elvis's doctor who who basically killed him with amphetamines and stuff. Oh, is right? that true? Oh, yeah, so well, you well, might well, want to steer clear of the Doctor Nick label. It's kind of fun, though. You know, Elvis's death is now fun. Well, I think for everyone but Elvis, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well Dr. Duquette, we just heard about Paula's last voting experience, uh, but at least she was out there voting. What percentage of Americans actually take the time to vote, and uh, what's wrong with people? <laughs> well, uh, to start with the first part of the question, in a, a presidential election year, it's about 60% of people who are eligible to vote, which, wow. is, which is already low yeah. uh, in other countries in Europe and Australia and places that we think of as being like us, they, they usually get uh, more like 75%. In Australia, typically. it's a law, isn't it? You have to vote. Yes. They're they're one of the most voting uh, people. Most, now, that includes I believe people, that's uh, technically voty people. They're the, among yeah, they're the votiest people out well, there. They're, they're very voty, yeah, okay. which which might actually be uh, you know a curse word in Australia, too, because yeah. they have uh, their own. Vody? That's why they made it mandatory. Yeah. Um, 
But Why they did they up- make it mandatory? Were people not voting before, or was it just always mandatory from the time that they began this democracy thing? Well, it, there's always a trade-off between uh, trying to encourage people to vote and not, uh, you know, trying to burden them with more stuff that they have to go do. Right. And trying to encourage them to vote and locking them up for not voting. That there's a trade-off. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they lock people up, but. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't you see Papillon? Uh, no, I, I didn't. Is that about an Australian who failed to vote and yeah. ended up in prison? I think so. <laughs> you think so? I, I might. I might be misinterpreting some of the I film. I think but... so. Um, all right. So, what, what's wrong with people, Doctor Duquette? Well, what's wrong with Americans? Part of it is that they don't, I think, appreciate how much else is on the ballot besides the presidential races that get so much attention. So, the upcoming election is a midterm election when actually even fewer people vote. In our most recent midterm election in 2014, it was just over a third oh, of people who oh were allowed gosh. to vote even showed up and did it. Wow. Just so over people, wait, so. I cut you off. Say that again. People what? Showed up and did it? Showed up and, and cast a ballot. Just over a third. It was 36% if you want to be really specific Of the eligible voting public. That's right. Wow. Are we expecting more this year? Because it's a, it's a kind of hotly debated midterm election? Well, it, it depends on who you talk to. So um, during the summer, the PRRI Institute, which I'm I'm now drawing a blank of what they stand for, probably polling and something, Research something institute. related institutional stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think you I think <laughs> cryptographer... Uh, uh, Adam Felber nailed that. Thank you very much. Polling so related research, uh, institutional stuff. Yeah. They they asked people if they expected to vote, and it depended a lot on what kind of person they were talking to. Uh, senior citizens, about seventy four percent, said that they were planning to vote, but only just over a quarter of people age eighteen to twenty nine said that they were definitely going to oh. vote in this election. That, that 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 might go rough for the Democrats, wouldn't it? You know, when you say the who asked them. And what form of communication did they use to ask? Um, the PRRI asked. But what, they make phone calls and say, are you planning on voting? This is PRRI. Uh, are you planning on voting? That That's a good question. And something that pollsters have been having a lot of trouble with is that uh, many people who are 18 to 29 or just uh, tired of ha- paying an extra $50 a month don't have those landline phones anymore. Yeah. And it's not... Uh, not so simple to just call people cell phones. There are rules against telemarketing and, uh, yeah. you know, badgering the daylights out of people. So. Although I have to say, recently, my cell phone, it used to be that when I answered the landline, it was always like some telemarketing. But recently, my cell phone has been deluged with that stuff. But when when I get called by like a pollster, I, I just, I politely bow out. Uh-huh. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm too busy to answer. I'll answer at the polls. I mean, I vote, but I, I don't want to answer questions. You don't want to talk to pollsters. I don't want to talk to pollsters. So I'm ho- I'm saying this with a little feeling of hope, really more hope than I have about running a marathon even. <laughs> I'm saying with a little feeling of hope that maybe, um, even though statistically it doesn't sound like the prediction is as high as we need it to be, that maybe really it'll be higher because it's just people that are going to go to the polls, but they're not going to talk about it over the phone. Sure. And it is just a prediction. The, you know, whatever people told uh, pollsters in the middle of the summer, it's, you know, it's not like planning this path of a, you know, a meteorite or something. No. Where, yeah. you know, There's a lot of variables along the way. Yeah and, yeah. and people could decide that they change their mind and they can show up and vote. Yeah. Now, are, am I required to vote for everything that's on the ballot, even if I have no idea what, what an item is? No, you don't have to vote for anything. You, uh, you can leave out stuff. You can leave out stuff. You can leave individual questions blank if you, um, uh, but do they you know, take you, points you know, off? 
No, no, no. That's your final the, score? Uh, no, that's the SAT. Oh, my uh, mistake. That, that's my mistake. Thing. And that's, that's just if you guess. If you leave it blank, then I, I think the... Well, no, wait. You don't get anything if you, uh, if you, you leave, leave it, blank. it blank. I think if you uh, get it wrong, you lose a point or something. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so right. So on the SATs we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. now and, we're talking and, about the SATs y- for yeah. no good reason. Yeah, no. I, you know what I do with the SATs? I used a straight edge and answered all Bs. How'd you do? Uh, well, you not, didn't go to college. Not well. Yeah. Yeah, no. But I think everyone's always wanted to know how that would work. And I did. Right. I, I took. You went ahead and did that. I for did the it, team. and the answer is not good. So wait. Um, <laughs> all right. So there's so much on the I ballot that I don't. I, do I actually brought my sample ballot with me. There's so much that I don't know. Now I realize that we're in California, um, because I have a right. GPS. And you're, uh, un- so, <laughs> you're unsealing your your ballot book. I am now. currently unsealing my ballot book, which tells you a sad piece of information about how much research I've already done. Yeah, and how prepared you are for this interview. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, pre- I wanted to unseal it so people would understand that this is not prepared in any way. I okay. feel like I our audience know. is on that page. <laughs> if every state does it the same as we do, but just here's just an example. I'm only on the early pages here, and I'm already at the part where you vote on judges. Does Every state vote on their judges? No. Um, many states don't. And why what, do we? Uh, why does California specifically? Yes. I, I, so the states that vote on judges decided that it was more important to have people have a chance to say who is going to be the person judging them and uh, you know, making decisions about things like you know, major stuff, going to jail, but paying a big no settlement. But no one knows... The judges. That's the problem. That no is, one that knows. That does seem to be a real problem. Well, except for criminals. Criminals know the judges. Right. That's why they're always getting off easy, because they're putting yeah, installing judges or just giving them a slap on the wrist. Am yeah, I right, Dr. Yeah. Duquette? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. whatever, whatever their consequences may be, almost every state doesn't allow people in prison to vote. Uh, the only states that fully protect... Uh, convicted criminals' voting rights are yeah, Maine but their and Vermont. Families can vote. That's true. You yeah. know, I know. But but do their families really know the judges? Yeah. Which is yeah, the, that's, the that's, a good, that's a good question. point. Nobody yeah. knows the judges. I think it's Paula's point. Yeah, we're nobody just, does we're know the judges. Oh, I know this guy. Hang him, Harry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows these judges. And then when they put out information about themselves, what could they possibly say? I mean, they're supposed to be just fair, right? So what would you write about yourself? As a person running for judge, uh, because I'm really, really fair. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Or the negative ads, like, Judge Thomas says he's fair, but is he? <laughs> Doesn't seem Last fair Christmas, to me. Last Christmas, it looked like he took the biggest slice of pie. Enjoy that dessert, <laughs> Judge Thomas. <laughs> They'll, do, they'll use the Trump thing. Many people say yeah. he's people not saying, fair. I'm hearing he's not fair. Yeah, yeah, people are saying. I think that whenever you say people say something, you should have to show a picture of the people saying it. That yeah. just should be a law. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So I don't know why we vote. on. And then when, if you don't vote on judges, like how do they, the states that don't vote, how do they get their judges? Do they just start in a Petri dish and they develop? <laughs> um. So in the states that don't vote, they're usually appointed in the same way that they are at the federal level. The, and who appoints them? The ones the, the governor, in the states. And then the, the legislature would approve them, I guess. The, mm-hmm. the governor. Yeah, uh-huh. usually the Unless governor. the governor is in uh, prison. Yeah, in which case. Well, he could still I, appoint. He just wouldn't be able to vote. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 
I yeah. love the idea of us yeah. being governed by a guy in prison. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's go fantastic. to Illinois. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best so let's, place. Let's get to ballot that. questions because ballot questions are. Uh, I guess California is is uniquely screwed because we have ballot initiatives which are binding, right? That's right. So other states don't do this, Malarkey. Uh, it varies a lot from state to state how binding they are and how many different ways they can get onto the ballot. Because one of the weird things about California is that you can go out and uh, hustle enough signatures. Got to get a million, I think it is, right? million signatures. And it puts your proposition, what law you want, puts it on the ballot right. for the voters to decide. So long as you and, you know, and your buddies get a million signatures saying that people want that on the ballot. Sure. Right, uh, which is why we in California basically voted away our property taxes and destroyed our public school system, <laughs> yeah, right? Because everyone said, right. "No, we don't want property taxes." Yeah, ooh, well, what good are they? Yeah, and then the next is, "Why are our schools crumbling?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely in California. We've made some terrible, terrible mistakes. Yeah. But so in other states, they don't do the propositions then, or they do them different. Well, it it varies a lot state to state. So on paper, Texas doesn't have, for instance, to pick another big state with a lot of people. They don't have the uh, procedure where a citizen can go out and get uh, signatures and submit it. The, yeah. the only Too much thing driving. That, they don't even yeah, have. Right. Yeah, they don't even have uh, the arrangement where a citizen can vote in Texas. Do they? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, they they do for white yeah. citizens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. White, white guys can vote. As a black person, you have to get a million signatures signed to be able to go to vote. Yeah, uh, which is and a, a note from your doctor. Yeah, which yeah. is a different sure. idea, I think. But but the, what they do have in Texas are. Uh, relatively easy constitutional amendments to the state constitution. So they've amended their state constitution um, about 500 times. Wow. Which is uh, a lot more than, you know, the U.S. constitution has well, ever yeah, been. We, what are we at now, 28 or something? Or? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but how many, <laughs> but how many of those are good? Uh, six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, okay, but here's something about ballot initiatives. Uh, they're written so confusingly that there's really no way for for an, an average person to read a ballot initiative and know what voting yes or no means, right? I mean, my rule of thumb is generally if there's a TV commercial that says that the ballot initiative is poorly written, I'm probably voting for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um... because, because, you know, the ad is going to be something like, yeah, the, the the initiative to to not eat kittens is a good idea. We all think kittens shouldn't be eaten, but this is a poorly written bill. So if it's poorly written, yeah. you, you would want to eat kittens? No, I don't want to eat kittens. <laughs> I think that, that, that probably the attack ad is wrong and that you should vote for the Don't Eat Kittens initiative. I'm always troubled by the names of them. You know, the names of them are often, you know, it'll be like the law for uh, for families, and then you read it, and it turns out it has something to do with banking. Right. <laughs> and you're just so, like, why were they allowed to name it? I'm so right. now that we've made like, like 15 statements, and I'm guilty yeah. of this too, that didn't culminate in a question. Um, yeah. What do we do about these yeah. incomprehensible Wait, ballot initiatives? I'm, you, I'm taking a page from the Chris Matthews book of interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> this is how Chris Matthews interviews. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> so is she right? <laughs> um... I don't. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is that 
is that Dr. Duquette looks quite a bit like Chris Hayes. He does look a lot like <laughs> yeah. Chris Hayes. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I wish I was Rachel I Maddow. I promise you we're going to let you talk at some point. Well, I, yeah. I'm not even sure which question. Are we on the, what uh, do we do about the, the right? <laughs> the right yes, what do we question? do about those yeah. ballot yeah. initiatives? Sadly, how do you, how do you, tell sadly you just articulated me voting. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see the Are You Right initiative on the ballot. The, are you? Uh, yeah, are you right? Am I right? Am I right? Um, so the, there's a few things you can do. Uh, obviously, the uh, best way to figure out what is going on in a very confusing initiative is to go uh, do your own research and try right. to figure out more about what uh, is going on with it. So um, one thing that you may have received is the uh, here in California, we typically get stuff in the mail that is a voter guide uh, explaining the text, the actual text is presented poorly written or well written or, uh, you know, in blank verse, whatever right. it is. And then they uh, allow people to submit citizen statements in favor or against it, which sometimes can be illuminating. Sometimes you can get a sense of who are the prominent people who are in favor of it or against. And sometimes yeah, get, there's just one crazy person who submitted a statement and they're not that helpful. The yeah, other thing I, you got, can, I got one here that's argument in favor, like a clean, it's a clean water bill. Of right. some sort. And in support of it is the mayor of Los Angeles, uh, a woman who's director of public health, fire chief, aquatic biologist. These are like different people. They're not all, they don't all do the same thing. Water scientists. And it begins with water. This is the explanation. Water is life. And then it proceeds. Now I go to the rebuttal to argument. And uh, the first phrase, the first phrase is absolutely amazing. <laughs> Amazing in a negative way, I take it. I think so, yeah. And the supporters are snarky. Uh, one of them, it says Ed Winnetka, and it says just a guy. <laughs> oh, wow. So everybody's for this clean water initiative except Ed Winnetka. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot of people that are well qualified Dr. on Duquette, one side. Where do you stand on the water initiative on this year's ballot? Um, I think I'm going, but this actually might be helpful. I can tell you how I came to my opinion about oh, it. Oh, I love and that then, idea. So I, I read those summary statements and, uh, I didn't feel like Ed had given me the, uh, <laughs> full perspective. I, and I just want to give Ed, Ed's Ed, rebuttal Ed, right now. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Actually, if Edwin Eck is listening. Go ahead and, and write for Christ's sakes right after that. <laughs> I good for Edwin Necker though that he actually sent in a, a statement because I think they have a process to decide which is the best, the most well written statement. Wow, and and if Ed's is the most well written, yeah. and Ed rose to the top. But um, the other thing that I do that I find helpful is to go look at newspaper endorsements. The right. LA Times, uh, the San Jose Mercury News, they'll usually endorse one side or the other and then explain why. And I, if I'm remembering, if it's the one I'm thinking of, the Times actually sa said that we should. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, I, I swear we didn't talk about this beforehand. If I remember correctly, the LA Times said to vote no on that one because it was not well written. Oh, is that uh, true? <laughs> vote yes, everybody. I, 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 mean, I like water. It, it's life. I'm going to I'm yeah, fan of vote yes on that. Absolutely but, amazing. Uh, but you, but disgusted, it's, Ed. It's, yeah. it's, that is a stance, I should say. It's, it's yes on water, no on good, good prose. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, I don't even know. I really just glanced at it. I really don't even know what the water law would be. I don't know if it's good or bad. But um, is it possible for a rebuttal to just begin with, what the fuck? <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's but, possible, but yeah. it, it might not get chosen, I think. Yeah. Is, is a, a, a citizen has to submit it. Yeah. A citizen has to submit it. Well, there's more than... I'll submit one that reads that. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, what's a lieutenant governor? Paula wanted to know about yeah, that. Yeah, what's a, a lieutenant governor? Now, do they wear a uniform? Do they carry a weapon? What no, is a lieutenant it's, governor? That, it's That's just... Um, you know, a, a traditional way referring to someone, the lieutenant governor isn't like a military lieutenant any more oh. than Mike Pence has to indulge every form of vice. Um, <laughs> it's well, well put. Yeah, thank you. Um, he doesn't. The, the, yeah. the Mike Pence? Mike Pence. Well, it depends how you define vice. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, he, he seems a like a homophobic like, yeah. rat fucker. He does that. <laughs> right. And that's a vice. I think so. <laughs> that, to me, that's a vice. It's interesting that he would be so homophobic and yet so into rats in that way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but only straight rats. Right. <laughs> just a th- thing between a straight guy and a straight rat. Yeah. 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 It just happens. Yeah, exactly. It happens in the locker room. We never talk about it afterwards. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he checks it. Mike Pence, uh, if Mike Pence gets a dog, he makes sure it's not gay. Right. <laughs> And you can tell, by the way. How can you tell? You can yeah, tell the dogs gay? Some about the way they wag their tail. You can. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. See, I've got terrible canine gaydar. Because I, I, I was. <laughs> one minute oh, I'm yeah. like, this dog is straight as an arrow. And the next minute I'm like, he is humping my leg. Yeah, it's something to. It's not just that he's humping your leg. It's. This other. You can just tell. It's the way. Taste in movies. The, the way he cleans up his room. You can tell. <laughs> okay. You can just tell. I can't yeah. remember you know, the last gay, time I, that we asked Dr. Duquette a question. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something, I'll tell you something about a gay dog. Yeah. They tend to lint lift a lot. They lint lift? Yeah. They tend to always be brushing the fur off their pants. Their it's, pants? It's just something to look for. Yeah. A gay dog. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure that When you're another right. dog comes over to a gay dog, he's like, oh, come on. Stop lint brushing <laughs> yeah, me. He's, he's like, no, you can't. I'm a straight dog. You're I getting don't... fur all over, my, all over my fur. I'm so badly wanting to get back to our I'm wearing black fur right lesson. now. Uh, all right, all sorry. Right, so the I took, governor's I kind of like the vice president of the governorship. Pretty, pretty much. The, no, when, right. the, when the state governor is uh, out of the state or, or dead, then the... <laughs> <laughs> the lieutenant governor steps in to <laughs> to do what <laughs> to to uh, govern to to perform the same ro- the roles of the governors. Oh, uh, runner up God, it's such a creepy. It's such a that's such an awful. You need you a just, contingency you plan. Just picture them hovering over. The, you just you just picture Gavin like Gavin, New- Newsom going, Gavin Newsom for years calling Jerry Brown. How you feeling? How you feeling? You okay? <laughs> you look pale. Yeah, you yeah. know you might want to sit down. Well. I- <laughs> But but at least he. He's By the ju- way, I love them both. He's just hovering. So I I actually just learned recently that when uh, the first time Jerry Brown was governor, he yeah. had a, a a different guy. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but uh, Jerry Brown Ronstadt. went out of town for a few days. Which and the made... guy did Linda Ronstadt. And what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh that's no! Awful. Let him tell his story. The lieutenant so... governor didn't do Linda Ronstadt. I, I think I heard what the you professor didn't. just said. No, that's not what he said at all. He Desperado. said one time Jerry Brown left the state, and the lieutenant governor did something. <laughs> yeah, I heard exactly what he said. He did Linda Ronstadt. What were you saying, Doctor Duquette? I, I was going to say he signed some legislation into law, but I, I think what. Paul heard is way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it definitely is. Yeah, it's they went to that little taco place on Melrose together. They did not. They did. No. And when Jerry Brown went out of town, Linda Ronstadt went with the lieutenant governor right. to the little taco place. I'm going to have to call bullshit on you right here. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why I would, but number one is why would they be going out to a taco place on Melrose when the seat of our government is, in fact, in Sacramento? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
you don't know. I'm telling Which you, is that place like is still miles there. Miles away. No, there's a place not to people who don't live in California. It isn't. There can be an earthquake in people San. People have maps. No, they're <laughs> full of it. No, they don't. They, there can be an earthquake. Look, okay. Did you ever see the show The Mentalist? No. Okay. Well, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> You've seen it, haven't you, sir? No. You, you haven't seen The Mentalist? No. The Mentalist or mentalist. The Mentalist? Oh, With no. Simon Baker? I haven't seen that either. It's a, <laughs> it's a Simon Baker vehicle? Yeah. Yeah, where there's an elite police force in California, the CBI? Wow, we're circling no closer to voting at this moment. <laughs> okay, I, wait. All right, so, yes, I, yes, Linda Ronstadt and Jerry Brown you used one to more go question? to a taco. We're kind of uh, yes, yeah, I have, up against it right now. Yes, I have a question. If I screw up... Uh, my ballot a third time when I go because I am voting on is it November 6th? Yeah. That's when I'm going in. Pretty sure it's November 6th. When I, on November 6th by golly I'm going to be there at the lawn bowling place that does the that is my polling place. Um, if I screw up my ballot three times on the off chance that that might happen um, what happens? Uh, so a, a spoiled ballot is one that is uh, is marked incorrectly or defaced or uh uh, otherwise, uh, not filled out appropriately, and yes. so um, typically, it the way that it is handled varies according to state law and exactly what you did to screw it up. Okay, um, if it's if it's uh, you know like set on fire or something, then they right. they just won't count it entirely. Uh, things uh, ballots that are spoiled, for instance, because it's not clear what the voter intended to do. The, uh -huh. You know, the bubbles were marked with an X instead sure. of being yeah. properly filled in. Uh, you will usually get counted if the intent can be. Well, ours, discerned. we have some sort of inky thing that you poke through a hole. Yeah. Um, so we don't, you know, you could, you don't have the option of crossing out or making a circle. You just right. poke the thingy through the hole. I think what happened to me is I somehow transposed the yeses and the noes. And so I was reading it and I was thinking that I was poking yeses and I was, but I was doing the opposite. So I didn't support I guess the families. real question here is, is, is the person at, at, at Paula's polling place, were they just kind of BSing her about this is the last ballot they're allowed to give? Or was it really going to go to a provisional ballot after that? Um, I don't actually know what the rules are as far as the three strikes you're out. This is the first situation like this that anybody has ever told me about. All right, we'll we'll, we'll, um, we'll all look but, into it. But if you if if you do run into a situation where uh, you you may not be an, a allowed to exercise your right to vote, you, yeah. you still it is uh, recognized as a thing that we. You know, we want people to do, even if it looks like there might be some kind of screw ups somewhere. Typically, right. what if I get there, which has been my polling place mm -hmm. forever? Now I happen to have my my sample ballot, and so sure. I do know what my poll. But what if I went? What if I didn't read it because I'm so used to going to the same place? And now I show up, and it turns out they've moved me to a different place, and I can't get there. So if you don't, if you might, they tell you you're at the wrong place, right. or that your your yeah. address right. is filled out wrong, or you spelled your name wrong, or your Precisely. voter registration. Yeah, you can submit a provisional ballot, which is. It's a form uh, where you you it's it's a all the questions that are on the regular ballot, and then there is also a place where you can enter your name and uh, ID number and you know whatever the requirements are of your state, saying who you are and asserting that I have the right to vote and. Yeah, and basically. they'll they'll count that vote if they yeah. need to count provisional ballots. That's right, right. Uh, yeah. So, so they don't they, count it. They don't count it right away. Because someone has to look at it and go back to the records and figure out if it's if uh, you really did mess up something or if the, the state is obligated to count it. So but they'll so if it's so if it's a right so if it's a cliffhanger they use the provisional ballot and if it isn't 
it, then it, they don't. It really does right? vary state by state. Some oh, states, I, I believe, they are obligated to count them all, and they usually uh, are are more forgiving about people who show up. Uh, so the other thing to keep in mind is that what you need to bring to vote varies a lot state by state as well. In uh-huh. California, you don't need to bring uh, ID or anything unless um, your registration turns out to be uh, you know, messed have, up. Have yeah. messed up, but for very narrow reasons. They're pretty forgiving. If you're but voting in Tennessee, there's new voter ID laws mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. If yeah. you're voting in Tennessee, you need to bring uh, a driver's license, a passport, or a one of those state IDs that's basically a driver's license without the car part. Uh, also, and, uh, if you're voting in Tennessee, um, you have to bring a music sample. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, you have to bring like an MP3 of a country western, oh, a country song, western song that, that you've recently you written. Yeah. How about like Memphis Blues? Any of that? Yeah, no, it has. Well, it's yeah, just Nashville. Yeah, it's okay. just Nashville right All now, right, but great. it's surely going to spread. Of course, it is. Um, well, thank you, Doctor Nicholas Duquette, <laughs> for being our, our voters' guide. Paula, what advice do you have for people before they go into the voting booth? Jory, can you give me a, a little bit of background for my voter information? Voters can read newspapers to inform themselves. Let me repeat that. Voters can read newspapers to inform themselves. Only 60% of Americans vote even in the presidential election. And for the midterms, only 36%. So the answer to the question, what's wrong with us, is 40% of Americans suck during the presidential election and 64% suck during the midterms. Thank you, Dr. Nicholas Duquette, for being our voter's guide. Dr. Nicholas Duquette is a professor at USC's Price School of Public Policy. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you to our house band, Jory Herman. Paula, we've been talking about voting, and you can vote with your ears by listening to your favorite Maximum Fun podcast. Here are a couple of ones that I know you'll enjoy. Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And... and- I was two butts, 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 butts. Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I, before children, yeah, definitely didn't think it was going to be this hard. Yeah. I'm going to ask my children to do X, Y, or Z, yeah. and they're going to do it. And I'm going to lead by example. They're yeah. going to do it because yeah. they're going to see me doing it. Right. And children naturally want to please adults. Yeah. You know what? I'll make it kind of fun. Yeah. And that'll be fun. Totally. But I, I won't necessarily use bribes. And I would never use threats. Right. That was my pre-child thinking. Yes. And, like, if somebody came in and saw us doing this, yeah. they would judge. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> if you like our show, leave us a review on iTunes. If it's between voting in the midterm election and leaving us reviews, please vote in the midterm election. Right. I hate the idea. What if we're getting a bigger turnout? Right. I can't imagine a scenario where it would be between voting in the midterm elections and re reviewing us. I'm just trying to take a burden off of people. Well, that's really nice of you. <laughs> yeah. But it would be great if people left reviews. That would be good. You can email us at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, and follow us on Twitter. And you can visit Paula's website, www.paulapoundstone.com, to find out where she's going to be appearing live. Paula, where are you going to be next? I'll be in Davis, California, at the University of California, Davis, on November 29th, and on December 14th, I'll be at the Wilbur Theater in Boston, Mass. And it's not too early to start thinking about New Year's Eve is it, Adam? No, it's not. When I'm going to be performing in San Francisco at the Norse Theater. People should start planning for that. I think it's time. Yeah. I think it, imagine, you know, I, every year I say to people, come on, let's, you know, it's a terrible year that we've just gotten through. Yeah. Come laugh the night away and we'll start anew and it'll be better next year. I'm not making that promise this year. Right. The, you you do promise they'll laugh the night away. Uh, they'll laugh the night but away. But they're just going to wake up to more of the same. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Unless, possibly, if people vote in the midterms right. on November 6th. On November 6th. We think it's, we should really fact check that November 6th thing before we uh, put this podcast oh out. Oh my I think gosh, I'd feel like an idiot if it wasn't November 6th. Oh, no, you won't. I'll know because when I go to my polling place, there'll be lawn bowling instead of voting. Because I go to a, uh, where I vote is a lawn bowling I don't place. Think it, I don't think you vote at an actual polling place. <laughs> Just like oh I think you're getting your gosh. sneakers from an S and M dungeon, I think, I think you're probably, you're probably, probably filling out like a you know a, a burger card at the counter. That's probably what's wrong with like forty percent of the voters yeah. during the presidential election is they're simply not at the polling place or just one of the voters. No. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, Adam, we haven't mentioned that I'm offering the discerning consumer a remarkably soft tri-poly blend <sighs> shirt on my website with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. Well, that's terrific. But also, by the way, I looked it up. And tri-poly blend just isn't a thing. Yes, it is. It's tri-poly. It's remarkably soft. I know it's soft. Yeah. But if it's, you look up the phrase remarkably soft, it'll, it'll say tri-poly blend. It won't. It won't say tri-poly blend yeah. kind of anywhere because... Yeah. What you're talking about, I'm pretty sure, is a a two poly as a two synthetic fiber, one part cotton shirt. No, it's a yeah, tri poly it's, blend. It's, no, it's rayon and polyester and cotton. No, no, but we are at the Rayon Horseman Studios. We are at the Rayon Horseman Studios, and uh, you at home, I know nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, but please hear this: vote, vote, vote. Okay, I hope you heard that. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by the mighty Ray Horseman. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Jory Herman, member of the Los Angeles Philharmonic double bass section. His website is joryherman.com. Thanks again to our guests, C.J. Foster and Dr. Nicholas Duquette. Our security guard at Ray Horseman Studios is Jonah Knuckles Glickman. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me?
There you go, Joy, you were fantastic. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.